Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's good, Internet? It is January 2nd, 2017. We made it to 2017. 2016 didn't kill us all. I am Austin Walker, your host. I am coming to you on this recording. We did not do it live today because none of us have energy and because we're technically off today. Uh, joining me, Danielle Riendo. Hi, hi. And, and Danica Harrod. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, hi, hi. Hey, hey, and hi, hi. <laughs> the, the traditional waypoint greeting. This is... <laughs> Uh, how's it going? We made it through. We did it. We got through holidays. We got through our end of year stuff. I almost canceled this show this morning because it's <laughs> it's like the first full day off I'll have had in forever. And But I thought, you know what? This is going to take like 45 minutes. Let's just knock it out real quick. Let's just do it for the fans. For the yeah. people. Yeah, 30, Hashtag for 30, the culture, you know? Right. 30 minutes. 30 minutes compared to... Austin's proposed 30 seconds. I yeah. thought about, like, let me just do a 30-second thing. And I might do this at some point anyway, like, the next time that there's a reason to miss an episode. We're like... So, like, early on in the Beastcast, um, we hit a point where it was like, okay, what do we do for this holiday episode? And then we ended up doing that fiasco game, which I think was really fun and good. Oh, yeah. But but Jeff Gerspin, like, sat us... Didn't sit us down, but, like, very much had this, like, serious, like, listen, this is your one chance to make it clear that you're allowed to miss a week. Like, to your audience. Like, this is the one chance that you get to be like, no, we don't have to be, we don't have to hit every possible episode. And as, like, a person who believes that rest and and relaxation are more, are important and that, like, work shouldn't consume everyone's life, I, I, I you believe totally... That? Sure? I do believe that I, this is a do as I say, not as I do situation. Right, right. Or like the reason I'm working as hard as I fucking am right now is because I know that that's how I guarantee the resources necessary to give us yes. all easier lives in three months. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's right. Yeah. Um, is that like when when it's budget approval time? You know, someone they know I've been working. You that's know, right. that's all I'm saying. So, and that might not work out. They might, you know, I might, who knows? I could explode by then from working so much. But I'm off today, and I'm just here to talk about my, with, about video games with my friends. We're Hell yeah. Talk about video games. Yay. Hell yeah. Um, and just life, you know, how, how were your holiday quote unquote breaks? Well, my, my cats almost got locked out of, uh, my cat sitter, my dear friend, uh-huh. almost got locked out of my apartment on Christmas Day, and we needed to call. The emergency locksmith. I was very worried about my kitties. Oh, buddy. But you know what? It was a Christmas miracle, and everything worked out, and they got fed. <laughs> How expensive was this Christmas miracle? It was like 170 bucks. Oh, my God. Ooh, <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas to the locksmith. Yeah, yeah. they had a great Christmas. <laughs> Empire locksmith. They're, Shout out. They're very nice. They were very nice. <laughs> they were very helpful. Thank you, Empire locksmith. <laughs> God. 
What beyond the your cat sitter being locked out of the apartment? How was how was the rest of your holidays? A really lovely. I've played a lot of games. I played a lot of The Last Guardian, Ooh. which has been amazing. I really like it. What do you think of despite it? Despite yeah. some issues, for sure. But is yeah, that something that, that would have been in contention if you'd played it a little bit earlier? I think? think so. And but like, it who comes knows with it made it, but yeah. I, I mean, it really might have been because I think it's actually incredibly special. I think it's. Mm. You know, it's doing all those things that you want sort of a team ICO game to do. It's doing the the sort of the heartfelt connection with a with a with an animal character, yeah. which you know, sort of. I guess Yorda wasn't an animal, but uh, you know, the, yeah, the sort well. of heartfelt connection <laughs> to another yeah. mind. It's not <laughs> another like she, being. Yeah, she also was not like a super well developed character in her own right. Though, yeah, so. guy, I I remember <clears throat> I remember getting so frustrated like guiding her around from time to time. <laughs> yeah. So. Totally. Totally. I'm I'm looking forward to getting frustrated with, with, uh, with Last Trigo. Guardian also. <laughs> yeah, which I, I really love. All the stuff with the animal is amazing. The puzzles are really good. The architecture of the levels is really amazing. But everything people are saying about the camera and controls being hot garbage is also yeah. true. That so that's part is yeah. my, frustrating. That's the part that I have. Like, so there's there's kind of like two bits of frustration inside of The Last Guardian. Or there's, there's three things for me. There's three bits of frustration. One of them is like just a matter of context and time, which is, uh, you know, Inside didn't make my top 10 list, but I'd written next to Inside that the, the piece I was going to, like the little, like, 300-word thing I was going to write about Inside was that Inside is why Last Guardian didn't make the list for me, um, mm. because it was tight and short, and each segment was focused. Each, like, screen had an idea, and then you pursued that idea and then moved on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas Last Guardian is this, like, sprawling thing where there are sections where it's like, I fucking get it, the eyes. Like, you move the eyes. I get it. You have to... The guy... The, the My friend, the last guardian, Mr. Mr. Catbird, the last guardian, <laughs> can't look at the weird eyes. Otherwise, otherwise the, the catbird, Trico, gets all sad. And so you have to get rid of the eyes. Like, I get it. I've done it 30 times. Like, I'm... It's not 30, but, like, it's it's a lot. And it, it, it goes. So that was one of the thoughts I had. The other sort of frustration is the camera thing, which I, there's no oh. defense of for me. Like, it's just, like, there's not... Please figure out cameras. You have to do. You have to do better than this. It's, it um, was twenty. You had ten years. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you really need. You had so long. Yep. Yeah, it's 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 so bad. It's and it's so frustrating because it's like I really love what this is doing. Otherwise, but right. So man. then the third frustration is the one that I will defend. And actually, um, uh, Paolo uh, Petrucini from Mole Industria, which is kind of like a. Uh, a very kind of politics-focused independent game, you know, studio, uh, wrote uh, up uh, his top 10 games of the year, or his top favorite games of the year. And his point on The Last Guardian is, like, really fucking good. I'm just going to read this. This is from moleindustria.org, M-O-L-L-E-I-N-D-U-S-T-R-I-A.org. Uh, I've been pointing at how animal companionship in video games tends to be informed by a, by a utilitarian and reductionist logic. Pokemon are both weapons and collectibles existing in a fictional world designed to naturalize this instrumental relationship. Neko Atsume is an addicting condi- conditioning device dispensing immaterial <laughs> cuteness for your time and money. Virtual pets are nothing but lightly, lightly just variables banking on our tendency to attribute, to attribute feelings and thought to artificial entities, the Tamagotchi effect. The Last Guardian is an epic tale of domestication and healing that manages to transcend this instrumental relationship. Gameplay-wise, it's an action-adventure with simple puzzles that can be solved indirectly by indirectly manipulating a griffin-like creature named Trico. 
However, there is no way to see the companion as just as just a way to reach a platform or as a formal constraint like the helpless girl in Eco, the, the game's uh, direct predecessor. Trico's uh, behavior and characterization is vivid and subtle. It develops over time and yet un- stays unmistakably other. Trico resists direct control, misunderstands you, and then surprises you by autonomously navigating the impossible architecture. It's often a frustrating experience, but frustration is an integral part of the aesthetics of the game. And and for me, like it's also an integral part of relationships and of mm-hmm. uh, like, obviously yeah. relationships with, with non-human entities, but like yeah. especially just in general, just like it, all relationships are negotiated. All all relationships that you have in your life, outside of like total domination, are are you know instances where you give some and you take some, and yeah. that is something I have never seen done in the game, which tends to be a lot more binary than that. Like you eventually mm-hmm. learn how to game it. And you sort of learn how to game Trico, but like <laughs> Trico's gonna do what Trico's gonna do. So yeah, and I, I like that, that a lot. It. Yeah, I so love that's the that frustration. The that frustration I love. You know, yeah. it's just it's it's the same frustration as any pet owner has ever experienced. I think. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I feel like I feel like as a pet owner, um, for forever. Yeah. I will feel a, a big connection to this animal. I would just there's one part that that frustration in a good way uh, actually really really got me the other night. Ooh. Um and of course I'm playing with my my puppy on my lap who is like the worst. I love him but he's yeah. the worst. And there's a part where Trico gets his tail caught uh, in a door and he's like in pain or I'm gendering Trico. I don't know. They're in pain yeah. and they're you know they're crying and they're they're moaning and whining and I got so flustered at the idea of like oh no my 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 pet is hurt i can't i can't let this happen and the camera is going all over the place and i'm like fuck this camera and i'm you know getting all <laughs> flustered and actually like doing poorly at the game because i'm so i'm so personally hurt by the idea of my little pet being yeah. my big pet being hurt and uh it was actually like a really kind of great moment because you know trico actually ends up sort of protecting you in that moment too because there's other these sort of soldier things that that kind of come in but it's it's this great time where it's like oh my god it's it's making you flustered because of this totally sounds like that austin walker that austin walker empathy uh, problem empathy yeah Yeah. true it's really hard to see trico get hurt because like you are helpless to to help in a direct way so that's the other thing that's happening there i guess right is like not only are you helpless to like say like trico just come this way like just please jump up there 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 Um, you're (laughs) also helpless to like directly intercede on trico's behalf when they're attacked right like you have to you have to solve a puzzle to let trico defend themselves um which is an interesting thing power wise too right like this is a relationship you have with something that could kill you like that could instantly just destroy you and that is uh, a, a power relationship that exists in the world and is very complex so yeah uh, i'm Danica. excited to play yeah um <laughs> did you play anything else over the over the break i put in about 30 hours <laughs> into terraria latest awesome. release awesome um, no, no, I played. I played a ton of Firewatch, also, but exclusive. Um, <laughs> and I played. Um, I played a bunch of the new Shantae um, oh, Half Genie oh, Hero, nice. which is like super awesome. But wait, did you? Yeah, well, hold on, wait. In, did you beat Terraria yet? Terraria. Yeah, yeah I, I beat the Moon Boss. Like, I think uh, my girlfriend and I have beat the Moon Boss like five times. Oh, but okay. we've been we've been playing this game for like I had never played Terraria until this year. Uh, okay. Same with Minecraft because I just was Big like. Year. Yeah, it was just like never my thing yeah. to like sit down at my computer and like get 
heavy into like building games. That yeah. was just like never my thing. And um Terraria's been like amazing and I keep beating the moon boss and I'm I'm just so strong. You're deep into <laughs> it. I'm so strong, yeah. And uh my my girlfriend and I's names in there. My name is Carl and her name is Marx. So. Oh God! Wow! Wow! Fighting, fighting the system as we go. Yeah. You gotta. You have to. Every. You know what? We have to get together this year and beat the Moon Boss. You know. We That's should. all I'm saying. Yeah, it's time to. It's, it's time to organize against the Moon Boss oh. and uh, let oh, that dude gosh. know what's what. Correct. We got it. We got it. Stick our hand to the man, and That's that right. man is the Moon Boss. Uh huh. So wait, how is Shantae? Sh- so Shantae is a, a like really pretty platformer. Where you play yeah, a, by a by way lady? forward, lady, you're a genie. Yeah, yeah. No, she's a half genie. Oh, so word. it's like I don't know if you've ever seen Inuyasha anime What's about that? Half tell me, demon. Wait, no, wait, sorry. Tell me about. <laughs> tell me everything you know about Inuyasha. <laughs> I know a lot, um, but Shantae is it's just not like a this... joke, damn it. That, tell me, <laughs> tell the people what Inuyasha is. Inuyasha is a story about a girl named Kagome who falls down a well and goes back in time to feudal Japan, where she finds a boy stuck to a tree by a bunch of arrows and she pulls the arrows out and it's this half demon Inuyasha and they it just journeys there follows their journey together just journeys and there follows, yeah. just journeys are follow you know it's it's, it's early I, none it's of us have coffee it's a lot <laughs> i'll be oh i'm drinking i'm chugging iced coffee i'll be working <sighs> yeah. the rest of the day so i'm, I'm just getting Whoa. all this out now Good. um so yeah i played shantae and that's really fun it's, i love platformers so um those are always fun. I'm having a really hard time in this one level right now where I just like it's when you die like obviously I sound like a drama queen when you die you start the whole level over <laughs> and damn it, it it hurts it hurts me because <laughs> you have to like use her special powers to like climb up places and and there's multiple ways you can go and it's just like I'm, I'm in a really frustrating level but it's really fun so. I think it's always attracted me to that series has been way way forwards like uh, artistic flair. Like they've mm-hmm. always been able to give on whatever platform. Going back to when this was like a GBA game, I want to say like a lot of character mm-hmm. through animation and stuff. But now it just it looks like even even screenshots now look kind of really uh, striking in a way that previously it only looked great in motion. So I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm no, curious it's, about it. It's lo- it's looking real good. It's looking much better. <laughs> And the music is the music is awesome too. There's like a lot of vocal, random vocal tracks, and um, vocal tracks aren't fi- used enough in games. They're not. They're as like not a thing. Because yeah, when they're, they're when they are, like we always just like immediately give them value on novelty alone. Like in um, and you crypto- remember them forever. Right, like totally. who's not who's not singing Snake Eater at least once a week? Uh, absolutely, all the time. Actually, <laughs> I, whenever I whenever I climb a ladder, I sing Snake Eater. Yep. Whenever um, I whenever I eat a tree frog, I'm singing Snake Eater. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like we're like um the that the shopkeeper song, Crypto the Necro Dancer. Like anytime anybody yeah. uses a vocal track, like especially original vocals. It is. It is like immediately a, a, a meme, a gaming meme, and and you know I'm just saying people should use those more because they're cool. I mean, I'm into it. I'm trying to. I'm trying to sing uh, "Still Alive," but like officially. But officially, you're gonna be the <laughs> yeah. next Glado- Glados. Yes. Yes. Great. I, uh, I I finally after putting it on my top ten list, I finally played Hitman yesterday and the day before it's like yeah you've been playing it i've i've been seeing it pop I've, up on I've, my steam it's true i really like hitman it turns out it turns out that hitman <laughs> the game i put in my number 10 favorite game of the year spot because i watched it a fucking ton it's really good and like that was actually a surprise to me in some way that like the 
I learned the joy of hitting people in the face with blunt objects and Hitman from watching people do it for hundreds of hours or whatever. Yeah. Not hundreds, but like for dozens of hours. And you think you've learned it from that. And then you hit a man in the face with a fire extinguisher. In real life. Well, in my <laughs> real hitman. I do it for real. I do it hands on. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, that felt really good. And it's like, it's there's a disconnect between the joy you see in someone else hitting someone in the face with a fire extinguisher or a hammer and the joy of you doing it. And then, like, the other mm-hmm. thing, the other thing is just, like, you go from being um, uh, the observer who is excited by what nonsense. So I was playing with a friend who was watching me play. And so that also meant I was encouraged to be the person who played it up for just like, check out this plan I got. And like, all right, what's your fucking stupid ass plan, Austin? And like, all right, I'm going to throw a coin into this bathroom with the door open. And I'm going to hide in this cabinet that's in this bathroom. And then one dude, the guy who has the disguise I need, is going to come in here. And I'm going to hit him over the head with this fire extinguisher. And I'm going to get his costume. And that is not what happened. What happened was three people came in that room. And all of them got hit over the head with a fire extinguisher very loudly. Oh my gosh. And more Good. people saw. And I managed to get out alive. But like... It was it was like those sorts of like rolling comedy capers is just like the fucking best. Like that's my my favorite thing about Hitman is that it's a very funny game, and that is not what you would think about a game that is called Hitman mm-hmm. twenty sixteen. So I haven't talked I haven't talked to one person who hasn't who's played it who hasn't liked it. It's yeah. it's super good. Uh, I also just generally like the structure of it a lot. Like I, this is all like old hat for people who listen to a bunch of gaming podcasts and who have, you know, whether you're coming to us via dime bomb or idle thumbs, you've heard hit some deep hitman you know. talk. You know about that hitman. Um, but, but I do just want to shout out the escalation missions really quick, because those are things that didn't get a ton of coverage on, on uh, other sites. And, the way escalation missions work, like you might already know what this is already, but you might not know how deep these go or, or how weird they can get. So um, an escalation mission is a thing that where it's like, okay, you revisit one of the story maps and you're given a different target and then you have to do that. You have to complete that target with the way that they tell you to do it. And then you just start over from the beginning and do it again with an added step afterwards. So, for instance, on the very the very first escalation mission is you sneaking onto this, like, mock ship that is, like, the training zone. Um, and you go in and you have to just, like, kill a guard with a kitchen knife while dressed as another guard. Um, mm-hmm. And then that steps up until it's like, okay, you have to kill that guy with a, with a kitchen knife while you are uh, dressed as a guard, you also have to kill another dude, like a, a named character from the main story mission there, while dressed as a, a yacht, like, um, official, like, a, not a yacht official, a yacht, an like, officer? Crew, an, a like crewman. A, yeah. It was, like, one of the crewmen. Uh, and you can do that with whatever, whatever weapon you want. You, If you're spotted by the cameras, you have two minutes to delete the footage. Um, all of the crew members can see through all of your disguises. Like, it, it adds nothing oh like that. Oh, my gosh. And, like, so bit good. by bit, it gets really good. And, like, and then the thing that is really great about it is, like, you really learn these levels inside and out from this. But then the some of the later ones end up being just, like, completely different things. Like, the first one that I did on the Paris map was, like, the first step was, like, all right, get in this room and steal the thing that's in this safe. And, like, yeah, like, I'm a hitman. Like, yeah, but go steal this, the thing that's in the safe. Yeah, but, like, I'm supposed to kill people. Like, no, 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 just go in there and spoilers i definitely still killed some people trying to get what was in that safe double spoilers it was vodka uh <laughs> wow 
Um, but then, like, it ends up being like, oh, well, the next step is you have to kill this dude while this dude who happens to be near there while dressed as a, an auction, uh, like, attendant who, who you know, he's part of this big auction. It's, like, it's it's a really cool way of letting, of slowly introducing you to not only, like, the, the cool mechanics of, like, not being seen and using disguise as well, but just, like, here's what the levels are. Like, you're going to get super intimate with these levels, and that mm-hmm. is not a thing that you do in most games. Like, most games you go through a level and then you are done and you move the fuck on and i like that there was a game this year that was just like no like here's six levels learn them (laughs) there was a part in the ed smith wrote a piece for us on sort of violence in -hmm. games uh in 2016 and he he sort of had an anecdote about one of the kills in hitman is you have to uh impersonate somebody's psychiatrist yeah so i did that one Okay, cool. It it just sounded kind of amazing. Like, oh, you have to listen to his issues before you can kill him. So kind of it thing. actually ended up... So again, I've watched probably uh, 60 hours of Hitman. Like, in terms of, like, TV shows I've watched this year, like, coming home and, like, <laughs> popping on Skype with a friend and, like, watching Hitman has been a thing. Um, or, like, dozing off while watching Hitman is a thing in my life, <laughs> <clears throat> which is strange. And the despite that and despite the fact that i've seen so much of this game there is still every once in a while something that's deeply surprising because so many people go through things in a similar fashion i'm just like oh okay i'm at the paris show that means i'm gonna i'm gonna dress up like helmut kruger who is this like supermodel who looks sort of like mr hitman and so (laughs) if you take his costume you can kind of go anywhere because he's a supermodel and supermodels go wherever they want uh like as a deep commentary there (laughs) it's it's true um and in the sapienza map which is the like italian like you know southern european seaside city it's beautiful it's my favorite thing in, in the world um they I like you always see people kind of go into the main like villa where <clears throat> where a lot of stuff happens in a very similar way. I'm losing my voice. It's bad. Um, <laughs> it's been a week. Yeah, it's been a week. <laughs> I, t- I took up smoking. I didn't. I didn't take up smoking, <laughs> but it sounds like I did. Um, the there's this whole other plot line where like normally the way you get in is like oh I am going to impersonate a flower delivery guy or a chef or I'll just hop over the fence because of the way the level is laid out but I found a whole other route that was about becoming this guy's psychiatrist and this dude I'm going to spoil this one level this one little thing in Hitman because it's really hard to miss or it's really easy to miss rather um the whole this cat this guy you're going to assassinate has been like distraught for a while. He's like a a, a criminal who uh, is like hiding underneath his mansion a bioterror lab where they're developing a, an evil. Wow. Uh, uh, they're developing a virus that can be used like a, like a sniper bullet, where like it's designed to kill one person, and you just deploy it anywhere in the world, and eventually it gets to them. Because, like, it's just going to spread until it hits them. It's um, the red button. It's the red button. It really yes, is. that's exactly it. And so you are you have to go kill him and somebody else and blah, blah, blah. And to kill him normally, you just kind of, like, there's a bunch of different ways to do it. But the ways that, that you, you tend to do it is, like, oh, I'm going to utilize the fact that his mom died recently and he's sad about it to, like, lead him away from other people. Or, like, to play his old home movies and, like, distract him that way. Or kill him with an exploding golf ball there's a bunch of ways you could do it but the way i did it was i dressed up like his new psychiatrist who he hadn't met yet uh and like had a session with him and in that session he reveals that he is the one who killed his mother and like whoa like that's 
I've watched that guy a dozen times get killed and have never and have always known that he's been sad about his dead mom, but <laughs> never knew that like he is the one who killed her uh, by smothering her with a pillow. And then I, <laughs> I killed him by smothering him with a pillow. So, you know, wow, you got him back. I Karma's got a, a bitch. It is. Shout outs, <laughs> shout outs to Ma. Like, that's a point, Sorry, point up to you. Like, Italian mom, you're the one. You're the one. I'm doing this for you. Oh, Hitman's man. good. So, I'm, I'm pretty happy that I, I've actually gone back and, and checked that out. I, I played a little more like Dragon Quest Builders, and I enjoyed that. And I, I played Doom. Patrick isn't here, but when, when, oh, when he's back, good. we can talk about Doom. Wow, you um, played Doom. I did play Doom, but. Doing and, and your I'll, homework. I'll Professor. transition. Into into uh, our second topic, I didn't put Doom on my top ten list, um, and I'm curious for both of you. Like, so so Danica, you didn't do a top ten list for us because mm-hmm. of how busy you are. Um, but I'm curious from you, Danica, what games would have been on your top ten list or on your top list? And then Danielle, like, what barely missed that top ten list for you? Oh yeah, I've got a bunch, but Danica, you should go first because yes. this is your opportunity to <laughs> to, to, to tell to the shine. world. I what feel you like I feel like I. I I wasn't prepared for like top ten, but like my my favorite games of the year are probably Overwatch, sure, um, Kirby Robobot. Oh, um, what well, was up? Tell us about Kirby Robobot because I that's one I like heard people talk about and never got around to checking out. I'm so for starters, I I had never played a Kirby game until last year, okay. and um, since then I've played a bunch um, and. Triple Deluxe is like one of my favorites, which was the 3DS. I heard that game was really good. It's a good game. Yeah, it's it's yeah. extremely good. So, Robobot is pretty much the same as um, Kirby Triple Deluxe, but you get like this huge mech suit, and you're just like a giant robot, which is a dream for me. And you, just, <laughs> you can like punch cars and make cars explode by punching them. And it's just very heartwarming. I love Kirby games. Wait, like, you can punch cars to make them explode. <laughs> it's very heartwarming. It's, very, it's heartwarming <laughs> because you're watching, you're watching like Waddle D driving a car and like Waddle D is like really cute, but he can hurt you if you run into him. And Kirby is like this cute little, you know, cute little pink thing in a giant robot suit and watching Kirby punch Waddle Dee in a bus yeah. and making that bus explode makes my heart, who's, you know, do, do loop-de-loop. At, at cars? Is it Waddle Dee or Vegeta? Oh, God. Oh, man. This is a hard I just, I feel like I just have to give that to Vegeta. Word. Yeah, Vegeta, I just, like, I Vegeta has to. that nice pink shirt. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> some other some other favorites, some other favorites are probably Hyperlight Drifter. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, Thumper, which I didn't play a lot. I played I played a bunch of it. I'm not very good at it. Um, little little better than little better than our pal Chief Keef. But um, <laughs> listen, if you had to play it in VR, if you could play no, it in not he, VR, oh, if I played it in VR, I might throw up. Right. I mean, so you had to yeah. play it on he's... the phone too. So you right. know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was taking calls. He was taking calls. He's a professional. He, he did yeah. good. Digitalpyramids.com. Sure. That's right. Uh, we need. We need. A, we need to get him to play GTA, and I'm sure he'll kick everyone's ass. It's um, actually true. I didn't. I didn't play too much Thumper, but my when my girlfriend was here last, I watched her play like. Oh my god! Like almost the entire game, it was so intense. And like anytime I would be like, "Let me try," I would just die immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and Firewatch is definitely another favorite. Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm not that far in Firewatch. I'm like, I'm like right when you head to Wapiti Station, but mm-hmm. like, okay, the game 
I'm I'm a wimp, and the game is making me so stressed out. Yeah. Like Aww. I feel like if I I feel like I wasn't I feel like if I wasn't playing it on stream with like support from the chat and stuff, <laughs> just like telling me like I'm doing a good job, I would just be stressed out and freaked out. It's like one of the most stressful games, and like one of the things that's like wild about it is that the lineage it kind of comes from is a series of games that's also kind of stressful, but that but that in retrospect feels like nothing can happen to you. So when I think about like yeah. Gone Home or Dear Esther or like okay, like I'm going to explore this space and that is going to be it. But yeah. despite knowing that that's where that game comes from, in a, in a sense, like, not directly or anything, but, like, the, the, the games it hangs with are games in which I can't be touched. Uh, mm-hmm. Firewatch feels like I'm constantly super vulnerable. Um, yeah. It didn't make my top ten list, but, like, if it did, that would be the thing I said about it. It was, like, I yeah. love how vulnerable I felt. But also, like, does the world really need another dude saying that Firewatch made him feel vulnerable about, about <laughs> like, both physically and emotionally? Like, hey, that's, yeah, that's that game. That game is about masculine vulnerability, <laughs> but, like... Or not about, but that's one read on it. Uh, yeah. so. I think I think as someone who's watched, like, a ton of Forensic Files, I just, mm. like... It, there, there were parts in that game where I was just, like, so freaked out just by, like, the quietness of the yeah. atmosphere and, like, things seeming stranger than they probably were or mm-hmm. whatever else. Um, it just, yeah, it scared yeah. me. What got me about Firewatch the most was... The kind of like really, really sad point that love isn't enough. <laughs> like yeah. mm-hmm. relationships yeah. are really, really hard and even when you put the work in, even when you love someone more than anything. Like I just loved how actually adult that was. Yeah. As a yeah, as a sort definitely. of main story point. Um it's just It's like devastating. Yeah. And it's like it's yes. one of the most devastating lessons I've learned as an adult. Yeah. Is that like uh, and I mean that uh, from romantic love to platonic love. Like I mean yes. the, the entire spectrum of love to 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 love about a thing and not even a person. Like yeah. uh, it is not enough that you are affectionate or that you hold someone in incredible esteem or that you would die for somebody. Like that mm-hmm. turns out that like not the practicalities <laughs> of life can get in the way and yeah. can can not you know make that a smooth thing. So yeah. It's cool that that's one of the games that came out this year, you know? Yeah, yeah it's very good. <laughs> Love is not enough. Uh. <laughs> Yay, that Thanks. was a good point for 2016, don't you think? Everybody. Uh-huh. I, yep. <laughs> I feel like if I um I feel like if I would have played Last Guardian or Final Fantasy, mm. those would have been on my on my top as well, but I just yeah. didn't get around to them and then I got to the point where I was like I don't know I don't know which one to get. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get both at the same time because I'll have anxiety about both sitting there and yep. not knowing which to play. And <laughs> yeah, I, I almost did a list that was just also, so I did a guest list over a giant bomb. that was like my top 10 favorite games to watch mm. um, this year, but that list was almost a different list, which was top like five bits of a game that were not the whole game. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. for, for that one, um, I, I would have like definitely, uh, ended up including um, uh, like a couple of different things where like I don't want to play all of this, yeah. but this one segment or this one DLC or this extra little thing is like enough to to knock it into that into that spot. Um, yeah. 
And a game you just said that I've since forgotten is, would, would have been on that list. What were the two games you just said? <laughs> we all know it's Final Fantasy. Right, it's Final Fantasy. Thank we you. We all know. So, uh, <laughs> uh, the thing with Final Fantasy, the reason Final Fantasy didn't make my list was, like, I'm just at the point now where I'm about to get to where people th- say it goes bad. Yeah. And oh, I yeah. couldn't, like, in good conscience be like, oh, yeah, I like this game enough to put it on my list knowing that the other foot was about to drop. And, like... I I might still have ended up including it there, but that was enough for me to like to discourage me from doing mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. The other stuff that would have made it onto that like here are bits of games that I thought were incredible this this year, or like uh, here's DLC or something. It's like the Division Survival DLC that we streamed a couple of weeks ago mm. uh, is like so much better than the Division base game. I think the Division base game is like eh, it's pretty good. Um, I, I have my issues with it, but but the like the mechanics are all pretty stock standard and like rewarding by the end of the game, especially. Um, yeah. But that survival DLC is so good. Uh, and then, and if you haven't seen that, you should go to twitch.tv slash waypoint, and we have an archive there. We're, we're looking into, into archiving it onto our YouTube and to yeah. our like, Vice video player soon. Um, but then there's also... Uh, um, oh, The Witness, which I, like oh. Danielle, oh, put it on my, like, I can't deal with this list. Um, <laughs> In which, in which, you know, I, I completely completed The Witness minus the environmental puzzles. I did every puzzle except for all of the hidden, yeah. like, you find the lines that are in the world. Um, so I, I, you know, enjoyed it enough to, to do that. But the, the, I had lots of issues with its self-seriousness and with its notions of, of the philosophical, um, especially its no, – speaking of things that will not save us, its notion that rationality and pure reason will save us, um, <laughs> that, like, that is, is the thing that is going to let us stand up. And, and, like, we almost instantly moved into a world in which that was you know, exhibited to be false. Yeah. Right? Like, pointing out falsehoods does not win you the day anymore. Um, yeah. Maybe making the world such that that truth matters again might, but like that's a whole other fight that you don't win by just pointing at the facts and figures. Yeah. Um, but the two things at the at the end of the witness that I adore and would have made this other list, or or you know, if I could have found space for it on my top ten, would have made just this one segment there. Is you eventually open into a post game area where you find some tape recordings that are deeply human and and very like delivered really well and are real and are not just lectures and, and are not just like yeah. you know famous quotes from dead people um i, I think that's so awesome I, it just on a like fundamental yep. gut level it made me so angry that that was reserved for the post game like totally. oh, only the special people can can see can, the truth can kind see, of thing. Can, like Ugh. the veil comes down the, yeah. the the armor comes down and you can see that that you bleed too um yeah. It's a fantastic moment, and like I think that that's worth credit, but it is also so completely hidden. And then there's another hidden thing at the end, which is the challenge, the, the true yeah. final puzzle of The Witness, <clears throat> which probably took me five hours to complete because it is not a set puzzle. Unlike the rest of the puzzles in the game, there is no single solution for it. It is filled with... Uh, it is it is a kind of a randomly generated or procedurally generated, not randomly generated, uh, puzzle in which you have to, to bring to bear all of your knowledge about all of the different types of puzzles throughout the game to do them mm. quickly to to evaluate which puzzles to solve in which order based on like what would be easiest for you, um, and then to like 
also quickly learn a new mechanic because one of the puzzle types in that final thing is from a puzzle is a type of puzzle that you've never really encountered before. Oh, like, interesting. Yeah. It's it's. Do you know those extra tablets that you find sometimes in the world that are just like, oh, it's two triangles. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> So yeah. that is a different puzzle type that oh, is in the final challenge in a big, weird way that involves, like, literally the world shifts around you as you solve it, um, like opening and closing off pathways. Uh, and so it's really – but it's really cool because, you know, while those puzzles have – each have a, a proper solution, um, the fact that you're, like – okay, it's time for me to actually use all this information I learned for different challenges over and over again, is, to me, more like what real problem-solving is like, which is like, you don't have all day to sit in front of a screen and solve a single problem one at a time. Like, we move through life quickly, and if you don't stop, you know? And so, no, and you have to, you don't get the chance to stop. You actually have to, like, solve things and keep moving. Uh, and sometimes problems don't have clear solutions, and you have to, like, fuck it, go back to the, the drawing board, like, or, or I'm gonna go focus on this problem instead. And so, like, that metaphor for life and for for intelligence or whatever the metaphor was uh, yeah. trying to do was way more effective for me. Um, so if I could put just that little element on a list, I would. <laughs> yeah, totally. What about you, Danielle? What, what games like almost made the list, but didn't oh, for you? I have a, a whole list. And then there are still, of course, things I haven't played yet, like Virginia, sure, totally. Watch Dogs 2. Yes. Those are on the, yep. those the, are all my, those here. are all my, <laughs> those are all my cut from the, I have a, like, I have a nine, 11 through 20, right? Which is oh, like, yeah so easy that's also inside and super hot and Watch Dogs 2 and Overwatch and I was going to say Duskers Tokyo Mirage Sessions like I (laughs) loved so many games this year and did not get a chance to talk about them but it's those they're good so much love so little time exactly I totally yeah I have like an 11 through 20 which includes things that I only dipped a toe into sure and I know I love them but I just literally like 30 minutes or less played them yeah. which is blood yeah. and wine for witcher 3 and hyper light drifter which i thought was beautiful right. and amazing and i watched a bunch of it and i played a little of it but like it's hard to make that oh, it's hard well, to be like it, oh this was a this was my number seven game when it's like i played 15 minutes you know the it's other just thing hard is like to, it's easy to find reasons to excise something from a yeah. list like this which is like yeah. all right how do i narrow this thing down to 10 okay well i guess i never i didn't really play enough of that to exactly. for it to count so i'm gonna yeah, bye. And that's yeah. and that's a useful thing to do for sure. But even though it's like painful because it's one of those things yes. that's like I know if I got through this game and beat it, it would probably yeah. be a, a definite top ten. You know, and so it's like oh god damn it. You know, um, totally. but I have I have I'll go I'll just go through real quick. Uh, Diaries of a Spaceport Janitor is on there. Yeah, Loved I finally played that. that. I played yeah. that this week. I played that on the bus ride back from oh, nice. from uh, and then and then went back to it uh, like later to to finish it. I love that game. That yeah. game is like legitimately really cool. Um, can you can you talk a bit about what it is? Because we yeah, wrote about it a couple months ago, but like I, I don't know that everybody knows what it is. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's basically a little. Um, it's almost like cart life in a little weird alien city kind of thing. Yeah. You're this little uh, android janitor uh, who has like kind of a really crappy life, and you know the whole thing is a commentary on sort of what it is to be kind of repressed, or yeah. you know living in a big city where life is sort of passing you by and you're just sort of scraping through. So you're you're a janitor and you have to clean up people's garbage and you never really make enough money. And there's there's all these sort of vendors and sellers 
uh, who have all these nice things that you can never afford. Yeah. And a, a really weird and interesting thing that I thought was cool. I actually, in my previous job, I actually did an interview with the developers about this. But oh, cool. uh, there's sort of a pretty pretty serious uh, commentary on trans, like being trans in the game because yeah. every now and then. The we- the world starts going all weird and bizarre if you don't uh, shift your gender, and you, you like need your, money your for that too. Perspective gets all blurry, and yeah. it's hardest to read anything, and it's just miserable. And right, yeah, you do. You need money to do that. Yeah, um, yeah which I thought was do that. rad and and pretty thoughtfully implemented. Like it was yeah. like a pretty cool thing. Like it, they don't really advertise that that's in the game it's not really right. like what you go into thinking like oh this is definitely a trans narrative and then it's, right. it's just a thing that happens in the world it's just a fact of life and, well, in this and one world, of the things so. that's really cool is that like when you so this is the thing that like i guess your quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com characters like your character just does this every few days they need to gender shift yeah. that it's never there's not like a ton of lore about is this part of their alien species or their android programming or yeah. you know, no, no, no. this is the thing, thing is a reality of their life yeah. uh, which i like and then and then two like it's actually really joyous when you get to do it like yeah. it's like you are now your gender is now blank and you feel amazing yeah. uh, and also their genders are not limited to to our boring human genders yeah. their genders include things like like prismatic glyphs and and Susan Sarandon. Ooh, and, Susan like, uh, yeah. Sarandon. Oh my yeah, god! So I was Susan Sarandon for a while. It was pretty good. <laughs> um, but like, so that to me is like the thing that really stood out about about Diaries of a Spaceport Janitor, which is like, you are broke and miserable, and like nothing. You can't ever afford anything. You can barely afford to eat. You have to learn how to game the system to like really make ends meet. Uh, and also, it's really pretty and yeah. fun. And I want to, I want to play it now. And, you guys are making me want to get it right now. Yeah. The city is like filled with so much life. On festival days, people are playing music everywhere, and like you meet a couple of people who are like totally chill where they're just like man hey like how you doing like make sure you avoid the cops today like yeah i got you don't worry i will and like there's just enough of that blend of complete oppressive like city life barely scraping by with like of course i live in the city like of course i'm gonna move to where all my friends are um and that is a a, that like combination that juxtaposition is really powerful Uh, and just like the aesthetic is just on point so yeah damn I'm, i'm i'm playing that today you yeah, you should. So, you totally should. I'm going to get it. All right, so Diaries, Space Sports Janitor. What yeah, else? Goner's yeah. on there, which we played a whole bunch of. Oh, oh shit, I forgot. I forgot yeah, that. I know. It feels I, like, uh, yeah. I yes, bought yeah. that I bought that the, the moment, like, the moment I got home, the day we played it on stream, and yeah. I played, I put, like, 20 hours into nice. it. It's, I played it so much. It's so good. That's I forgot right. about that. That's probably one of my top 10. That's I'm a very a, simple, I'm a simple gal. No, it's no, great. Like it's shooting. a good game. You like shooting I like shooting. I like shooting. I'm bad you at it. You get I your like corn it. pellets. You know, yeah. your corn. I love, you could get I corn love the corn. <laughs> I know everything, everything Danielle, everything Danielle said, like, was so in the game. I just continued uh-huh. with it. I'm like, that's <laughs> corn. Here it is. 
Uh, I got super hot and inside on there. We already chatted about those mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, there's good. a couple. There's a couple of like weirder little ones that I I also really like. Burly Men at Sea. I oh, thought right. was like a really cool little sort of storybook uh, game. And yeah. there's a, a game called The Final Station that didn't get a lot of hype this year, but I I really liked it. It was a. I thought that of, game was going to be a different thing than it was. Yeah, so go me ahead, too. Describe me it. too. Uh, it's almost like a really very story based uh, sort of pixel art. I guess it's kind of a zombie narrative, but it's, it's a little more thoughtful than than sort of what yeah. you generally think of with that. It was like a very somber and serious little uh, kind of short story. Like mm-hmm. uh, there was also some shooting mechanics and survival stuff going on. But you were this this little train conductor in this sort of apocalyptic world, and you had to try to get people across basically yeah. to to the next station, to the final station, that sort of thing. Which I I, I just really dug it. You know, it, it wasn't it wasn't the sort of thing that blew my mind or anything, but I, I just sort of appreciated that it was this sort of somber, serious yeah. little take on this. I wish there either hadn't been combat or... Yeah. <laughs> True. So, like, the combat is, like, side-scrolling and you have guns and crowbars and, like, you swing to hit people or you shoot to shoot I think there's crowbar. There might not be a crowbar. Um, but there's a melee attack of some sort and then a gun. And it is also, like, you watch that trailer and and because of the the world we live in of games, I imagined that, like, it was going to be an FTL. I thought it was going to be a roguelike. Yeah. Right? I thought it was going to be like, oh, you get on your train and you run people, for, like, on these missions. And then maybe if you get out, it's, like, into big procedurally generated cities or something. But it's actually, like, really firmly designed, like, and that's not a bad thing. Like, the, the handcrafted, like, oh, okay, this is an encounter that has been hand-designed by somebody. But... I ended up getting into encounters that were just, like, not super fun. Yeah. Uh, like, the, the gunplay stuff. I was just like, I don't want... This is a slog, and I know I have to get through this. Yeah. Like, I have to... I can't just re-roll. And that eventually pushed me off of it. But I think that, like you, like, it's really somber and smart and, like... Sorry. Like you thought. Not like you, Danielle. <laughs> like you. Somber. Somber. That's smart. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's that's a good one. That's a that's a good one to call out that I think definitely went under the radar a little bit. Yeah, I've got two quick other ones. See, I told you I have an eleven to twenty two, but uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's hear it. there was a game called Zombie Night Terror that I also think went completely under the radar, huh. and it was the absolute opposite. It was a fifties sci fi, mm. kishy kind of almost lemming style game. Uh, where it was actually really fun. It was, it was styled after this sort of, you know, goofy sci-fi stuff. And what you had to do was infect certain people in a world, in a, a 2D pixel art kind of world. And there were all this sort of procedural hmm. things going on with it. And the goal was always to infect everybody in the scene. And so you, you right. would only have, like, two vials of zombie serum or whatever, and you'd have to put it in... You know, you would learn the behaviors of different kinds of people. And it was it was really fun. It was, like, this really fun little kind of weird simmy thing that i don't i don't know how many people played it but it was it was very it very looks fun. really cool yeah, yeah it was extremely fun i enjoyed it and the last one uh really just an honorable mention for making me laugh so much and just being wacky and fun and goofy and that was cluster truck i sure. uh, just yeah I, we streamed that too so you know we don't need to go yeah. on and on about it but cluster just a truck really fun yeah almost made my top 10 to watch Nice, uh, list. yeah. But because, like, yeah, it's just a joy to watch people fling themselves onto a <laughs> row of. It's really trucks. funny. So yeah, yeah, it's a good one. It's a good list. That's that's shout outs to all the games that didn't make the top ten this year. You know, yeah. shout outs to games. Shout outs to games. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that was that's good. I'm, I hope 2017. Like, I, I think looking back at this point at 2016, it feels like there's lots of, and I don't. This is not. Uh, 
like a, a slam, but like for me, there were like lots of B plus games. It was like this is a totally. good ass game. Yeah, there's a bunch of good ass games. Like nothing really broke through and was like just like claimed me this year. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, mm-hmm. that's I'm that games. That game owns me. That is my. That's not my game. That game because <laughs> you haven't played even the ocean and, yet. That's right. That's oh yeah yeah yeah. That's, probably <laughs> that's it. Um, I, I, the year that that like. A game like that, like wins me over that much. Will that will be the best game that's ever come out? Because yes. of, I know what my own tastes are and predilections of just like gameplay loops. So like, if that ever happens, like whatever that game is, it has to be the best thing ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we'll, you know, we'll see. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm curious what 2017 is going to be like. Like that's it could totally yeah. be another. It could totally be a thing of like, oh, there's a million like great games but there's no like single thing that that woos me over again um or it could be a, a, a year where maybe there's only a handful really like who knows i'm i'm curious yeah what i, I mean but, but but what would you prefer having like a know. lot of games that you really enjoyed but you know well like nothing that like like, this is like 2017 is going to be a standout, or 2016 is going to be a standout year when we when we look back on it because of all these great games. Yeah, but I don't know. For me, like I think uh, really one of the things is like if Doom had won me over the way it won so many other people over, maybe. But like, I, or even but if maybe, like, but nothing maybe it would list, have. Yeah, I don't. Nothing <laughs> on my list. I played like five hours of Doom. Like I. Yeah, you've got it. enough Doom true, to judge. True. But you've yeah. also heard, you've also had it like hammered into your brain that you I had to play I think it's very it, cool. So. I think it's yeah. very cool. And I, I think it would never have landed on me the way it landed on other people. Mm-hmm. Just because mm-hmm. like, I don't have the, I played those games growing up and enjoyed them a lot. And I played yeah. Quake and I played, you know, like, but it definitely. Yeah, I think I an Oh, I was, I was gonna just, say I, I think part just... of it is the surprise. Like part of it really True. was playing it that first week when it was yeah. like everybody thought like eh, whatever I'm gonna play this thing and then being like pleasantly surprised by it as opposed guess, to being overhyped yeah. on it and then being like okay yeah I get it this is good but like it's not quite the same experience maybe. I was right. gonna say I was gonna say if an 80 gig game isn't winning me <laughs> over, <laughs> I'm, I'm pissed. Yeah, yeah, that's the game was huge. Cool. I, I think if I like had. If I was playing, if Doom was a game I went out and spent 60 bucks on to fill my time after work, I would be completely happy with it. But it was a game yeah. I spent 60 bucks on to evaluate it in a critical way a week before the end of the year. Yeah, I guess I owned it before yeah. that. But do you know what I mean? Like, there's a distinction between, like, a game I play for pastime and which, in which I think it's probably, I would, I would be very happy with it. I would have gladly continued to play it. And a game where it was like, I have all this other stuff I'm supposed to get to. I'm yeah. not super, and like that's a shame it's more, because it's more of an obli- It was more of an obligation for you to play. Uh, right? There's other stuff that I was obligated to play that I think I would have liked. Like the new Call of Duty, I never got around to this year. I feel bad oh, about it's that good. It's, because it's I hear good. it's super good, and like good. I like space a bunch, and <laughs> would probably like that game a whole lot. So I feel like it was just obligation. It was interest. Like I think mm-hmm. that the speed of Doom is really appealing, and I think that the like I I can look at all of those decisions that they made as designers and be like that's a good ass decision. But it just didn't hit me the way it hit. I'm glad I'm getting all this out there before Patrick comes back. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's. it's one of those things of just like maybe if that had hit me like the way people talk about that game or even maybe if i had played a lot of hitman this year or something that would would have been the thing that makes me think like oh 2016 best year of games ever but like when i think about it compared to like the years that people hold up as like the best video game years of the past i'm curious what we'll think about it and yeah i don't know which i would <clears throat> rather have to get back to your actual question that i swerved off of i don't know what about you 
Yeah, what about you, Danica? Um I feel like I feel like having one game so this is this is an example that I I feel like I was the only person, one of the only people who felt like this in 2013, but Nino Kuni was like the mm-hmm. game that year that like I felt <clears throat> changed my year. Right, <laughs> like right. yeah. And I feel like having that experience and like if The Last Guardian could give me that experience, that would be freaking awesome. But I feel like having that experience is like more valuable to me personally than right. than yeah, ha- than playing like 20 games and and being like, okay, that was that was fun. Right. I agree. Maybe I maybe I won't play those again. Who knows? I think like politically, I want there to be the, the thing where it's like there's a thousand really cool games, yeah, and all of them touch me a little bit because like that suggests a more vibrant and and um uh kind of what's the word? I'm, what's the I'm I keep saying the word survivable, which is the word sustainable, sustainable, um, yeah kind of development industry, right? Where it's like, oh, wow, like a bunch of people were able to make games yeah, and make yeah, rent this sure. year and are doing cool things and that's going to help the the medium continue to grow and prosper because people are going to do exciting new stuff. And like, so like, I think politically that's what I want. But when I think about the games that have touched me the most, it's their years like the one that you just described, Danica, of just like, oh, wow, Mass Effect just like devoured my life that year. Like yeah. I just and I don't gave think... over that year to, to Mass Effect. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. No, they're not. But like, but you pose them as mutually. You asked me which one of the two I would like. You're right. They don't have to be. Though, I would like. Though, I would like both. But I think having that experience that like changes my year is more important to me, like on a personal level. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Than just like there always being a new stream of, mm-hmm. of decent games. What about you, Danielle? Yeah, I I completely agree, and I love. I mean, the way we all play games as, you know, people who cover games has yeah. to be like that. It has to be the buffet. It, it can never be the the one meal. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe we get a game that's like that. Like last year, Witcher 3, I, I put more than 100 hours into it. You know, right, I actually yeah, right. really, you know, it was up till five a lot <laughs> playing yeah. that game for <laughs> sure and, and loved that. But you, you can't do that with more than like one or two games and it has to be something that's that amazing to you so in terms of i I mean i agree with that i want there to be sustainable stuff i want people to make a million weird and cool things and when i get when i start getting bored with games you know when i start getting a little jaded that's when i go to something like itch.io and i play right tiny stuff tiny weird stuff and i get excited again about people making weird stuff but i i agree i want to fall in love like i want to you know throw everything to the wind and and fall in love with something and be Mm -hmm. obsessed with it like that's Mm -hmm. That's a feeling that I think we all, I think that's why a lot of us play games. We, we're, we're chasing that dragon a little bit yeah, sometimes, totally. and occasionally yeah. the dragon gives back, so, you know. Can't occasionally, die. the dragon Occasion- gives back. <laughs> it's like <laughs> that, it's like that with... Quotes. This episode, yeah. you punch cards, yeah, that's it's very heartwarming. Yeah, occasionally, the dragon shit. gives back. Occasionally, the dragon gives back. Uh, with that... I'm gonna I'm gonna ask to something else to give me something back, which is the question bucket. The question bucket. Ooh, I need you to give us some. Give us something. Give us some, so I'm actually gonna start at the top. It's Monday. Monday. I skim yep. from the top. Yep. Friday. We go. We go deep. Yep. Uh, so so I'm gonna start with the first question that came in in 2017. Here, Ooh. which comes in from DW in Seattle, who says, "The end of the year has come and gone." And with it, various Game of the Year discussions. As an enthusiast, I love to read people's Game of the Year lists, but as a game player, I often struggle to round out the year with a list of 10 favorite games that were actually released in the year. 
I find, as someone who is not part of the gaming press, that I rarely will buy, play, or experience a game in, this, in the year that it is released, let alone in the month, week, or day. With sales from vendors like Itch.io and Steam, I usually find a lot of older games that are fantastic but never, that never get covered at any of the outlets. Um, some examples being Valdis Story, Defender's Quest, Fairy Bloom, Frisia, Frieza, Frisia, Frisia. <laughs> yep, Fairy Bloom, Big Frieza. You've seen Dragon Ball. Uh huh. There. Okay. I went different. I went. I went. Went New Orleans. Like. Yeah. That was okay. good. Uh, uh, Way of the Samurai Four, which Austin should totally play. I've played Way of the Samurai Four. I'm a big Way of the Samurai fan. Uh, obviously, hundreds of games come out every year, and it's impossible for any site to cover more than a handful at a time. But it leads me to wonder how much value is there in covering a game that may have slipped through the cracks? Would press sites benefit from having a dedicated person to look for wonderful games that may not have gotten much attention? Much luck mm-hmm. in the new year, DW from Seattle. Um, so I think for, from, there's like a bunch of different questions here tied up into what seems like one question, uh, which range from like, Hey, don't small games need more attention to like, Hey, what, what is the publishing practices of massive media corporations? (laughs) Uh, what are your, you know, and that's tough. Uh, I think we do this in one way or two, in a couple of ways, which is like, well, we get a really good pitch about a game that we've missed. I'll totally consider it. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a lot of pitches, so I, you can't publish everything you pitch. Like that would be incredible, but which is not a thing you can do. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you have to make that decision of like, well, what's the what's the news peg here? What's the you know? There's a there's a thing in journalism called a nut graph, uh, which is like the wow. paragraph in yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. that's the paragraph <laughs> in which you you kind of say like, hey, here's why you should care about this. Here's what the news relevancy is here. Like, yeah. Here's why you should give a fuck. And I don't believe that every piece needs a, a nut graph. I don't believe that every piece should need a news peg. Um, but for bigger, longer things, which is what people pitch us, it's hard to, to justify putting budget, resources, and time uh, you know, into, into something like that, like, like to put it into a slot where our audience is just literally not going to engage with it. Um, mm-hmm. Every now and then, something can get through. We, we obviously have a free, our free play feature, which is about games that you can play for free on the internet, uh, and those don't have to be pegged to anything ever. Um, and again, like if something, if someone gives me like a really fucking good pitch for something like that, that that can do it. But also, what, the way that those pitches look good normally is like it's because there's a really smart peg. There's something really smart to to tie that story into. Like, hey, you know, the Yakuza games are coming out. I want to talk about Shenmue two. Right, like that's yeah, the sure. sort of thing that's like, oh, well, right, yeah, Shenmue two is super not relevant right this second. But because of Yakuza 0, because of the Shenmue 3 Kickstarter, because of this or that, there's going to be an audience that's interested in what you're saying about Shenmue 2 right now. Um, so that's the, the like sad, realistic answer, I guess. But there's also the, the, the part of this where if somebody's really passionate about something, that passion will show through. And that totally. will show mm-hmm. in the writing. So, you know, if somebody's really excited about something, there's there's something that really speaks to them or whatever. It, it's like, it doesn't matter how small it is. Like, that's a show. Like, and somebody's going to also feel that way, even if it's a small amount of people. So Also, it's, I've gotten 100 pitches about Earthbound in the last year. Like, yeah. I'm not, like, and, like which, <laughs> yeah. is to say, which is to say, like, passion is incredible. Also, check to see if the thing you're pitching has been written before. Yes. Like, yeah. there is, it is, it is really hard to be, like, one of the things I think is very true about criticism and about being in the press, in the enthusiast press, is that we have a duty to show the small things that don't get covered. Like, I absolutely believe that. Um, yeah. Which is why I, I do, like, one of the things that I will pay attention to is like, oh, wow, no one's written about this cool little thing. 
but I also do think that there is the difficulty of like how do you convey how do you trans translate passion into like good writing? Yes, um, yeah. Which is tie into literally the next question from from Evan Noggle who writes. This summer, I started playing Brigador, the iso- that isometric mech game uh, that Austin played for an unfinished on Giant Bomb a while back. For a whole number of reasons, that game clicked with me hard and is quickly becoming one of my favorite games. Unfortunately, that game sold very poorly, the devs' words, uh, so finding other people to talk about that game with is, has been super hard. I've managed to convince a few people to check it out, but nobody got hooked the way I did. At times, it feels like I'm standing on a subway platform shouting my message at passengers as the trains fly by. Have you ever experienced something so good that you tried to get people into it just so you could finally have an in-depth conversation with someone about it? Thanks, and keep up the good work, Evan Nockle. Listen, man, I I started a a tabletop gaming podcast after years of wishing I had people to play tabletop games with. It's like, yeah, I've been there. Um, but we I did an like Idle that... Weekend that was just totally. about that question. We did a whole episode on sort of advocacy and like the games you yeah. love so much that you shout. You, it's like you have flyers for the thing and not in a <laughs> selling it way, not in a like, oh, I'm PR for this game. But in no, a, no, I understand. Like this thing is beautiful and it touched me. And Why is no one paying attention? It. Yeah. Yeah. But, but like I think for me, like that's what connects back up to that passion question yeah. of like yeah. – how do you sell something that you're super passionate on to somebody? How do you how do you shine a light on it in a way that's actually going to draw attention to it and not draw attention to you, the fact that you love it? Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like that's that can be a difficult thing. It's this really is like hard. a this is like a thing. This is like a thing, and I know that this this isn't related to games, but this is a thing we experienced at um, back when I was at Crunchyroll when sure. we were trying to decide um, on licensing JoJo, and uh, Victoria and I were like. Love JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Right. We had seen how, you know, devoted and dedicated the fan base was. Like, mm-hmm. we were on Tumblr. We knew. And we fought, like, so hard. We're like, we got to get this. Like, people mm-hmm. need to know that this exists. People need to, like, watch it. And we convinced the licensing team to get it. And it, you know, it didn't didn't perform. It, it, it was, it, you know, kind of similar. Did, not right. super similar. But it did not go the way we expected it to go. All right. And that can be tough. Like, that's the, the difficult thing here is, like, you, when you're in this position of, like, oh, okay, I can, I can green light X projects, or I can really 10 projects for this period of time. Uh, I'm going to make sure that, like, a handful of them are something that I believe in, even if I don't think it'll do well, right? Yeah, like, yeah. that is the thing we, we, you know, we don't have the, the calculus for it in that way, mm-hmm. right? But, like, when I say, Danielle, can you do me a favor and write up this bit about why... Uh, uh, James Burns, who's a producer here at Vice, is going into li- going into solitary confinement yeah. for a month yes. sh- to live stream it. When I when I ask you to write that up, it's not because I think it'll do super well. Right. It's because I want mm-hmm. I want mm-hmm. to use mm-hmm. our platform to support something really cool, yeah, um, or something really what I think is really thoughtful and important. Um, you know, that is that is like in some senses you take the L there, right? You're like, I'm not going to, this isn't going to be a thing that blows up and does us good traffic. Um, And that's totally okay. Or even something like, you know, we ran a piece by um, um, uh, Moira McCammon on games that, that utilize Guantanamo Bay a couple of weeks ago. Oh, that was a great piece. It's a pretty good piece. And like, I not pegged to any specific news story, right? Like Mm -hmm. no outside of, I think it's important that we talk about, Guantanamo Bay and like the yeah. way in which that it's that it is gamified. Um, that's an interesting thing. But 
but you have to figure out what the like either either how do you translate i think that's a really good piece in which she's translated her academic passion into a wider audience like uh interest piece um in a way that's like oh hey i'm really passionate about this thing but i'm not making about my passion i'm making about the qualities of the game or the qualities of of this thing that i'm talking about so that's one way you do it and then the other thing there is just like i as a publisher have to then say like okay because of that like i have to make sure we also are doing something this week so that the audience growth team doesn't give me bad looks (laughs) You know, yeah. Um, yeah, and like it's a There's fucking a balance. weird balance. Yeah. It's a weird There's balance, a, and that's it's it's the same really across all media journalism. Yeah, totally. I don't think it's like a vice only thing that people have. Like we don't even have like specific traffic goals where it's like this week you need this many people. But mm-hmm, it's like, hey, mm-hmm. show us that you're like, what's your strategy here? Like, what's your plan yeah. here? Yeah. Um, and then yeah, to talk to the Brigador thing specifically, it's like like you said, Danielle. How do you turn it? How do you be an advocate for something you love without it turning into kind of PR style yeah. like selling, you know? Or without, for me, the, the other side is like again, like making it hard for someone to want to get in on on it. I think a lot of the Undertale fandom was kind of rough around that yeah. when that game first launched. Where like I fucking love Undertale. I very nearly never played Undertale because I was afraid that if I didn't like it, I had friends who were like such huge converts that they I would oh, yeah. want to disappoint them. Like I, didn't I played wanna... it. I played it this year because I was like so scared. Right. Yeah, listen, they'll they'll come for you. And then <laughs> no, night, I know, I know, I know. They won't. They won't. That game is really <laughs> and so like that game was really cool, but like the overwhelming positivity is not always the best way to do it. Like, for me, yeah. the way I, I try to convince someone that a game is really good, there's, like, a couple of ways. One, I take lots of notes. <laughs> um, and then I convert those notes into something that is about the game and is about the context that the game comes out in. And then, ideally, I'm looking at the person I'm talking to individually, and I'm saying, here's why I think you would like this. Like, hey, here's a thing you liked. Let me tie that to the thing that I think is cool for you to like. And then also sometimes I just don't try to sell things to people. Like, I, there's lots of shit that I like that Mm. I don't think anybody else should like. Yeah. You know what I mean? And sometimes just talking about it, like hearing you talk about Hitman, for example, sometimes Mm -hmm. just talking about it because you feel like talking about it, you're not trying to sell it, you just played it and you like it, that is enough. Right. Here's a cool thing that happened, you know, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Yeah, totally. But like... For all of my for all of my like shouting about how good Invisible Ink is and how Invisible Ink needs to be on the top ten list of 2015 and blah blah blah, I didn't actually like set out to try to like convince people I knew that they they had to try Invisible Ink. If mm-hmm. I saw them starting it, I'd say, "Oh wow, Invisible Ink's so good! Like, let me know when you're done playing. I'm really excited to talk to you about it." Yeah. But yeah. but like overselling it directly, like I know that that's a thing for certain people. Like if you play weird tactic tactical games if you like cyberpunk stuff like yeah okay there's an in there but if that's just not what you play it's just not what you play and that's totally chill you know yeah know. yeah it, it's something i struggle with a lot because i'm just sort of a naturally very i get it's it's pretty obvious i get really excited when i love something <laughs> and so i i'm always trying to, always trying to be like you know what maybe it's not for everyone but for right. me this was amazing, yeah. and I'm never going to shut up about it because I just I can't help myself. <laughs> I'm I'm bursting with enthusiasm for the things that I love, 
Yeah, I would never say like don't yeah. write about or or scream about or you know shout about not scream about just shout about yeah. the stuff that you love. Like, of course, do that. But I think there's a big difference between that and like. No, you don't understand. Right. You need to play this thing. Arguing yeah, with yeah, people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Like, oh, he, what, really? This is what you're doing with your time? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> um, last question from the bucket today from Ben. With all of the, the end of the year content, I was interested in more insight into how you folks view fan fiction in the context of creative works. <laughs> While I describe my interest in fan fiction as generally disinterested, I feel people should use that creative energy making new and interesting stuff, not reusing existing things! Exclamation point. I absolutely get people's attachments to characters, worlds, and stories, and wanting to explore those spaces. There's also cases of fanfiction getting big, getting as big or bigger than the original material. For example, I heard that Fifty Shades was originally Twilight fanfic, minus all the supernatural stuff. <laughs> uh, it's actually it was just it was just Twilight fanfiction. Then when when it blew up, or like when it blew up as fanfiction, she got a book deal. She had to strip out all of the yeah all of the supernatural. Damn, I wish it would have really stayed. Fascinating. I wish it, yeah, really would have stayed as Twilight fanfic. Um, <laughs> yep. As another way to approach it, uh, what do you think the Venn diagram would look like for people who dismiss professional writing with "you know that's not real," right? Versus people who di- with a professional wrestling <laughs> with "you know that's not real," right? Versus people who dismiss fan fiction with "you know that's not canon," right? Uh, Wrestling's real. Wrestling is very wrestling is real. It's just also <laughs> scripted. Like yes. actually, like that's the thing, right? Like wrestling is real. It's just also scripted. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, you know, I actually don't think people dismiss fan fiction with it's not it's not canon. I don't think that that tends to be the dismissal. I think the dismissal is a lot more like Ben's dismissal, which is like, why aren't you making new original stuff? Or why are you, do you care so much about these characters' relationships? Why where is the plot? Or you know that's not yours you're not why are you wasting your time with that you know yeah i hear a lot Um, of people basically calling it childish like yeah that's fun things things in your imagination but grow up and be a real person and like sports instead you know that kind of well that idea i i get a lot of i hear a lot of people who do say like don't write fan fiction if you're going to be like the only fiction that really matters is like completely new original stuff which Mm -hmm. is like a, a tricky path to walk down because like then real quick you have to be mad at like lots of literary authors who Yo. either were pretty much writing fan fiction uh where where it's like things like michael crichton drawing on beowulf right yeah. and like writing i mean Eaters shakespeare wrote fan fiction uh, shakespeare, like yeah exactly like murasaki shikibu's tale of genji is like engaging with other important narratives of her time and that was like maybe the first novel that was ever written you know like and it was rewriting history and mythology so like anything go deep that way but also but also right exactly so like first of all you can make the here's the the one case you can always make is the history of literature is a history of fan fiction over and over again and that's one way you can go i think it's a valuable defense of fan fiction because it, it reminds you that in fact there has never been a clear divide between uh fiction about things you own and fiction about a wider world um the other way you can go is fuck copyright uh the, yep. the, our copyright system means that a lot of things that would be moving into the public domain where people could be writing about them openly uh is, that hasn't happened for a lot of properties which is which is depending on what you think about it uh either a thing that allows the companies to continue to, to harbor and protect and enshrine those great ideas like it's why we'll never get i'll never be able to write a batman comic yeah, uh, yeah. without dc's blessing but also real talk I would write a pretty dope Batman comic. Yeah. <laughs> I would read your Batman comic I would anybody else's. Same. But like the only same. way that, where, whereas I could probably write an okay Sherlock Holmes novel, and I could do that because Sherlock has moved into the public domain, yeah. I, I believe. Um, if not him, then 
Poirot or some other detective. I, yeah. You know, whatever. Um, and then there's also the defense that, like, chill. Like, yeah. Let people do what they want. Let them be creative. Let people yeah, enjoy I, the things I they like, like. Life is short. Like, as long as, it, as long as it's not a harmful thing. Like, yeah. th- this isn't, like, diving into, like, like a- an extremely widespread, like, Tumblr <laughs> fandom headfirst. This is, like, reading something on your own time. Like, writing yeah. something, like, people don't have to read, you know. Yeah. So I think that there is, so I guess the thing is, like, to one degree, I like producing these really productive defenses that say, oh, look, fiction, fan fiction is part of the history of fiction, or fan fiction is is really, it's really good because if you Mm want to become a professional game writer, guess what? You're going to constantly be writing characters you didn't invent. Or if you want to get into TV production or film, like, you know, the, the Marvel movies are written by people who never wrote those comics before. You know, yeah. outside, of, I guess, Whedon had done some comics work. Um, but, like, that stuff isn't necessarily... I'm not saying that's fan fiction, but it's only not fan fiction because it has a stamp of approval on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the original authors, right? Like, comics is built on new writers moving in to write in that space. Yeah. Uh, TV does this all the time. You know, a, tele- a television show's writer's room is, like, a bunch of people being like, what can we do with these established characters that's really cool? Uh and that's awesome. And, and so I want to, I like that productive defense. But I also do just like the defense that says, like, I'm not here to, to justify fan fiction. I think fan fiction is, in its own rights, a productive pastime in which you get to stretch, like you said, your creative muscles and just be mm-hmm. creative and have stories. And, like, that's no less yeah. uh, a, a valuable pursuit than writing new characters to me. Like, I don't think that that is. And I say that after going through a long phase of my life that was very dismissive of fan fiction for all of those reasons. Yeah. And I tried to, eventually I pushed back on those ideas because I couldn't find grounding for them. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I thought original ideas were more valuable other than literally you can sell them for more. <laughs> yeah. All right. And at that point that the market is your your uh, your kind of scale for, for what isn't isn't valuable as writing, as literature... Like, you done goofed. So, it's... it's... <laughs> and it's worth saying that, that there's also, with fan fiction, as with all kinds of fiction, with as with every kind of art, there's, like, good and thoughtful art, and there's of bad and, and shitty and thoughtless art, too. There's right. probably revenge porn about every single imaginable, you know, character in the universe, and that doesn't I'm mean, like... I'm not saying... Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it should be judged by the same general standard is, is right. my general yeah I'm not here saying like all fanfic is good and you should read all of it <laughs> yeah. go yeah. read all fanfic do it go to AO3 right now and just like <laughs> read every piece on the internet right, right no, now like, and I'm not even saying you need to engage with it at all but I do think that like the person who says they like all music except rap and country like y'all just haven't listened to any oh, rap or country yeah. right yeah. like uh, uh, that sort of blanket dismissal of an entire genre of creative work doesn't value you in any way like all it does is close a door Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. a really boring way to live so yeah that's my that's my defense of fanfic it's a good defense Uh, also we ran like seven pieces and people on twitter were like i opened the i opened up waypoint the other day and i saw 30 pieces of fanfic like (laughs) dog you didn't dude my dude you You saw saw one a day seven you You saw saw one one day pal (laughs) 
Shout outs to shout outs to all of our incredible fanfic writers, yes. also. Yes, uh, who and uh, and artists and and oh, everyone, incredible so artists and stuff. and and the people who just wrote really great articles for us or who contributed to all the superlatives. Shout outs also to you if you came and read. If if you didn't, you can go to waypointadvice.com, which is a mm-hmm. website on the internet uh, <laughs> where you can read our end of the year coverage, which included. Yeah. Everything from, uh, I guess if you, if you missed it, it was uh, a special crossover alternate universe fanfic world in which <laughs> all of the video game characters from 2016 hung out together and snuck away to get high in the tennis courts and <laughs> all sorts of other stuff. And there's, there's incredible art and, and articles that ranged from real fanfic of characters hanging out to thoughtful you know uh, uh essays on the state of violence in games or the uh, a really great reported piece from ian williams about the state of the um pro the, the, sag stri- the yeah. thank you the sag aftra voice actor strike mm-hmm. um uh, all dressed up in the waypoint high um kind of clothes and it, yes. it was really fun and nice it was and fun. Uh, I really appreciate all the but there were also lots of really positive things people said so thank you for all of those everybody uh, got straight a's yeah. Okay. Well, almost except for everybody. detention, detention <laughs> oh, okay. got except for, uh... <laughs> except for detention. Detention <laughs> yeah. did not. Except for yeah, we yeah. Uh huh. Everybody else <laughs> got straight so A's. <laughs> everybody else. Then they all graduated, and we'll Yay. see them in the future. Yay. <sighs> Danica, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at twitter.com slash waypoint. Second. And um, where you can find all of our end of the year stuff because I've been I've been pushing it a bunch and you can find my uh, my actual Twitter at Danica Harrod like the department store yeah like the race car driver plus the department store no but Danica with a K so not like the race car driver not like the race car driver no <laughs> close where though. can people find the rest of Waypoint stuff on the Face- internet uh, twitter.com slash waypoint uh, facebook.com slash waypoint vice youtube.com slash waypoint vice instagram.com slash waypoint vice um, yeah everywhere is waypoint or waypoint vice we have yeah. a great subreddit it's uh, r slash waypoint vice we have a fan discord which I think we have is a fan discord yeah somewhere uh, yeah I should I should get it posted let me chat with the mods and I'll get it posted it's it's Oh, it's a rambunctious and wonderful group. It's really it good. Is true. I check in all. The, I lurk all the time. And check, I'm yeah, a lurker. So I'm same. a serious lurker. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then you can find me at Austin underscore Walker and at Austin Walker Games <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> Woo! Yay! Austin Walker. Austin Walker Games. Austin. What Walker about Games. you, Danielle? You can find me Danielle R I on Twitter and Danielle Riendo Writer on Facebook. And I think I need to just connect my Twitter to my Facebook so that there are things. That's what I did. That's what I did. And then the thing I learned was that it's, it doesn't... It breaks, it breaks the posts, right? It breaks the posts. There's no context. That's yeah, the yeah, big yeah. problem. Yeah. Which I learned because there was a meme going around this week. Did you see, the, did you see this meme this week? No. Uh, no. Uh, so Kate Gray, who is a, a writer for us, she wrote a fanfic for us this week, and she's uh, been a really good uh, freelancer for us over the last year, started this this hot twitter meme the other day which was go into your phone and start a new message and use the oh, autocomplete yeah. to finish a sentence oh, that yeah, begins yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and the, the sentence begins my 2017 will be something like that right uh and mine start mine was my 2017 will be a good friend and i am so sorry for the fact that i have to go live with my god and god i wish i had a good friend <laughs> And that was posted 
with no context oh, no. at all oh, on, no. on Facebook. And someone said, Jesus Christ, Austin, this sounds like a note. And you can't see context on Facebook. I almost got a heart attack. <laughs> Miguel, I'm sorry that I almost gave you a heart attack. <laughs> it's, a, it's a meme. It was a meme. It's a meme. It's, it's just, just a meme. A meme. <sighs> you can that's find that on Facebook. That's some baby shoes never worn shit right there. That's That's intense. Mm-hmm. Right that's there. intense. It's, I, and my Facebook needs a good friend. <laughs> so you can find it at Austin Walker Games. You can find us at waypoint.vice.com, waypoint.zone, bazinga.zone, digitalpyramids.com. You can find out info about the song that you're hearing in the future, maybe in a few seconds from now. Miss You by Bowen at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Uh, thanks to Tim Barnes, who I think is going to engineer this one for us, because I got an email when we started recording. Danielle, oh, nice. That oh, said, sweet. like, oh, hey, yeah, I could totally, I could totally make this a, a podcast for you. Hell yeah. For uh, and and shout outs to 2017. Yes. Be better. Here we go. Here we Come go. Come on. Put, put a lot on, you know what? I'm putting a lot on 2017 shoulders. Do you know what I mean? Like 2016 was like the bad older older sibling, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. Things went bad with 2016. So I, I understand 2017. I'm putting a lot on your shoulders to be the follow up, or you have to live in the shadow of your bad older older brother, and you have to this, be like, I, all right, am I, I going to be good or bad? I'm feeling like. This is hitting way too close to home for me. So, on that note, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Internet, and have a good week. We'll see you on Friday. Peace. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.